The Free for All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer. Near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. On round one this morning, live in a studio with me, John Burnside, who brought me all sorts of tidbits from Toronto City Hall. He's a Toronto City Councillor. Journalist co-founder of The Line, which is an online magazine. Matt Gurney is here. Sabrina Nanji with Queen's Park Observer. Good to have you all. Um, hard to know where to start today, but actually let's maybe begin with the uh, NDP convention on the weekend. Uh, Matt, I'll start with you on this one. There's all kinds of takeaway. I mean, Jagmeet Singh getting 81%. You get, it's, okay, it's lower than the previous two votes, but if I had 81% of the support of any one body, I'd be pretty happy about it. And then you can also, I suppose, get into the grittiness of a portion of NDP members being quite, not necessarily pro-Palestinian, but they wanted to advocate on behalf of the Palestinians, and that's a bit of a headache for the leader in the party. Yeah, well, first of all, I think I'll start with the the Singh part, John, and I will simply say, if I ever get an 81 approval rating at anything, I'm going to be doing cartwheels through the streets. Like, I, politics is a weird sport. I've never even been close to 81%. I'm very much a, like a first-past-the-post kind of guy. If 40% of people like me, I declare that a win. That's just how I roll in <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah, I can't even get that support <laughs> in my house. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, uh, all, all kidding aside, look, Singh is declining in popularity, and over the last few months, uh, there have been increasingly open conversations about his future, even among left-leaning voters and even among some NDP guys I know, for the very simple fact that the polls show us right now that if an election were held today, you know, we're always talking about conservative versus liberals. If an election were held today, even with the liberals in complete freefall, I was looking at the latest poll aggregator today, and it shows that they're possibly going to lose 100 seats, and the NDP is scheduled right now, based on these polls, to pick up zero. They would actually go down two. So I think there are questions about uh, Mr. Singh's future, but they, they're stuck with him for now. I mean, it's love, love him or hate him, and I guess 81% of them made up their minds. He's not going anywhere. As to the point about the uh, the Palestinian support, uh, John, all I will say is that I did watch uh, the, these over the weekend. I, I suspect my, my fellow panelists here did as well. The NDP is lucky that the resolutions that were put out on the floor were in general as moderate and restrained as they were, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, no, John Burnside, easily it could have erupted into all kinds of bozo moments. Yeah, and I mean, respectfully, they've uh, Singh, of all people, has, has fomented this over the years, right? And um, But I will say... When we look at the, his 81% and we compare it to liberals and conservatives, I think it's a bit different. Conservatives eat their own, right? Whereas the NDP generally support each other. Um, I think, you know, when I listen to Mulcair in the morning, I really, yeah, and he's one of my favorite uh, people on, on your show, you see the real difference between Mulcair and Singh. And why he entered into this uh, agreement with this uh, with the Liberals, I guess there are mon monetary issues going on with the party, but I think if you look at any NDP party that's entered these sort of arrangements, it's, it's, it's death, and I think the next election will show that, and then we'll be showing Singh the door. Although, Sabrina, there's a certain intellectual purity about what the NDP will argue, which is they're getting what they wanted, and the latest is they want pharmacare. 
Yeah. And I think that is sort of where this frustration, uh, you know, even though as as my co-panelists have said, 81% is still not bad, you know, in past um, leadership confidence votes like this one, I mean, Singh has done better. So I, I do think that from what I'm hearing from New Democrats is that they are a bit miffed that, you know, things are not moving as quickly as they would like to see, uh, you know, in terms of NDB priorities with the uh, supply and confidence deal. Pharmacare is one I keep hearing re- over and over again. Um, but you're right. You know, I think that New Democrats are still going to stick with Singh, but this might be, you know, a warning shot to him that if he doesn't perform in the next election, whenever I guess that may be, uh, you know, time could be ticking for him. Although if not Singh, who? Because uh, Wab Canoe's too new as a premier and Marit Stiles isn't even a premier. So I wonder who the runner up would be. Let's move to the... Uh, story we were just talking about, Avis Favreau, the health reporter for CTV, and that is this insane situation. And Sabrina, I'll start with you on this one because health is a provincial matter. That nurses who don't like their pay and don't like their working conditions go and work for a private agency. They get rented back to the exact same job at three times the price plus the premium that the agency is collecting. This seems like an untenable situation. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, And I heard that interview from earlier. And I think, you know, it was spot on that this is not something that is sustainable, because ultimately, it's going to cost taxpayers more, like we're paying more for this. But at the end of the day, you can't really blame um, the the nurses for wanting to leave for private agencies when they're getting paid more um, to work better hours. I mean, I think that the onus is on the Ford government in particular. Obviously, healthcare is, uh, you know, a, a provincial purview here. And now that you know we're we're on the the other side of the pandemic, I think we really need to be getting back to what the premier promised, which was an end to hallway healthcare. And he has expanded, um, you know, delivery of healthcare through private clinics. And I think that, you know, we're all kind of waiting to see on on how this plays out. There's a lot of concerns there, but I do think that, you know, something needs to be done um, because this, this just can't continue. Yeah. John Burnside, I can't imagine what it's like being a, you know, a nurse on the public ticket who has to work side by side with somebody who's making three times as much money and sometimes has absolutely no familiarity with the emergency room. Right. And I mean, I think one of the problems is we, whether it was after the pandemic, through the pandemic or any other time, we we say, way to go. Thanks for the great job you're doing. And then we move on. And so I think there's a lot, there are some issues there, but I think the issues have been created over a number of decades, not simply with the Ford government. One of the things I blame is sort of this rigidity in the system where we haven't been looking at outside ways, to not hiring nurses alongside uh, the hospital nurses, but to deliver the services. Now, Ford's doing it with pharmacists and, and other things. Yep. And I think there needs to be more of that so that these people who are specialized we're using their skills properly. And I think that will, you know, if we can use some less specialized people for less specialized work, that's one of the ways. But it's a complex problem and no one wants to pay more taxes. So where are we getting all the extra money? Well, and Matt, when you consider that the government froze nurses' salaries at 1% annual increases and yet is willing to pay a private company to supply nurses. Oh, yeah, no, it makes no sense. I mean, what we're seeing is, uh, honestly, like, we could all talk about it from different angles, but fundamentally, this is a distorted labor market. I mean, in, in a very basic term, what we are seeing here is a system where demand is outstripping supply, which is bad enough on its own, but also where we have skewed some of the incentives of how the supply 
supply is actually going to work in the system. Now, like the the agencies that rent out nurses actually make sense. Like there is a role for those. Like there's nothing wrong with these. A few months ago, uh, someone in my family had a, a very serious medical emergency, was in uh, intensive care at the hospital for a few days, and even when they were able to go home, it made sense for us as a family to arrange direct hands-on nursing support for them for a matter of uh, about a week. That is the role of the agency here. Now, in theory, that would be the role of home care in Ontario, but don't get me started on that. Agency nurses make sense when they're used in very time-limited niche functions on an individual basis. Agency nurses don't make sense when we're using them to sustain the primary health care uh, institutions in this province. But the problem is, since we don't have nearly enough nurses, this is where we've distorted the market here. We're using an idea that makes sense in an idea that does not make the slightest bit of sense at all, but that's the only way out of the problems we've put ourselves into. Back to something related to the Israel-Palestine um, conflict, and that is in France, for example, they've simply banned any pro-Palestinian or anti-Israeli rallies. Uh, John Burnside, I don't like a lot of the messaging that turns up and the optics at these rallies that I've seen in Mississauga, Toronto, and elsewhere, but I'm not for banning rallies. No, neither am I, but I mean, one of the problems is you can have a rally with the best of intentions, but you attract people with the worst of intentions. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the Palestinian-Israeli situation you know, forget, well, can't forget it, but just put aside what just happened recently. Um, you know, there's a way, uh, there's a, a way to say, it. it's not what you say, it's how you say it, but it's also when you say it. So given the context of what's just happened, this terrible tragedy, I think the groups themselves should pull back, right? It's just not the time to be um, making these, uh, having these rallies because you're going to attract the wrong people and you're just turning the regular citizen off at this point. Matt Gurney, uh, your thoughts? I think we need a societal truce on whether or not rally organizers are responsible for literally every single person who shows up. Because I remember way back in those long ago days of the G20, and we were all talking about the black block, you would have people earnestly going, I wasn't there to flip cop cars. I was there to support, like, you know, free trade coffee or, or whatever. And then more recently, you have guys in Ottawa for the convoy going, hey, I'm here because I lost my job because of vaccine mandates. I'm not here to wa wave a Confederate flag. We're just doing the same stupid debate over and over and over again. Can we just have a truce on this? Can we accept that rallies may be 90% for a given cause, 10%, they're going to vacuum up all the psychos in the area and that they're going to end up tarring the cause if we let them, but we don't have to. The one thing I'll, I'll add, I want, I want to obviously give Sabrina a chance, is that I have actually by chance driven into one of these rallies. Um, it was kind of a, a 20, maybe 30 people, and this was on Saturday, the day of the attack, Saturday of last weekend, waving Palestinian flags, cheering, uh, giving the peace sign, clapping, dancing, jumping, pumping their fists in the air when i see people cheering on a day where 1300 people have been murdered raped tortured and abducted it sours me on the cause and if you want to have a rally to support uh, the palestinian people that should look in my ever so humble opinion more like a vigil than a party okay sabrina 
Yeah, I think the only thing I would add is that this comes down to education and, and public education. I mean, no, I don't think we want to be regulating, you know, who has the right to protest and who doesn't. But to Matt's point, I think, you know, public leaders, politicians, the folks that are leading these rallies need to do more to speak up and lay out, you know, that, you know, being pro-Palestine doesn't necessarily mean you're pro-Hamas and, and so on. Um, I think it's, it all comes down to, to public awareness and education. Uh, John Burnside, we can't solve the city's congestion problems in 90 seconds, but I can't let you escape without uh, reacting to Jamie Watts' column this morning, and he was with us earlier on the show. Um, and one thing he says is we need a czar, and I think he's right. I mean, as he pointed out, you'll have multiple st- parallel streets closed down for construction, and it just none of this makes any sense. Right, and then you have trucks lined up in the in the yep. one of the two lanes that you're supposed to be using for traffic. I agree, but the one thing I will say, I didn't actually have the pleasure of listening to the interview, um, is it seems like everyone that's complaining about gridlock thinks it's always everyone else's problem, like everyone else is causing it. Um, I never read an article where someone's been on the bus in gridlock. It's just they keep talking about gridlock, so it seems to me they're in their cars. Uh, one of the solutions is to get out of your car, and that's a lot longer of a discussion. Okay. Well, Jerry Agar's head just blew up from down the uh, down the corridor. Yeah, Jerry is already mad at me, so we'll just add is it he? to the list. What about oh, this time? Well, it was the uh, the vote with the cabs and the uh, and the Uber. Okay. And uh, so he laid into me on that one. But I, it's part of my Monday morning experience. Yeah, I mean, he is in the boardroom, and it's kind of like a duck blind because people got to walk by. Uh, thanks a lot. <laughs> That's John Burnside, Matt Gurney, and Sabrina Nanji. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.